0: Thank you for tuning in to Copy Comic. I'm Brian Cop and we're with comic Keisha Peart. Keisha Peart, how
1: the hell are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, thank
0: you so much for coming in. And where can people see you do stand-up comedy on stage regularly in New York City? And where can they find you
1: online? Uh, regularly, I just jump on people's shows, so uh, I'm plugging myself wherever I can, so right now you can't see me anywhere, (laughs) but you can follow me on Instagram at Keisha Peart, K-I-S-H-A-P-E-A-R-T, and I always plug my shows there.
0: Okay. So that when people just start booking like crazy again, when the current circumstances have changed, they will find all your current show dates there.
1: There, and also KeishaPeart.com as well. Oh, good. Yeah, she has her
0: own website, Mm -hmm. and it looks like, um you're you're just also an actor too so you're not just a comedian you are well you were a musician too i was a musician but triple triple threat
1: triple threat i'm primarily (laughs) an actor who started stand up as doing a thing that terrified me and it it didn't suck really bad so here i am still doing it that is so cool and so
0: why why, what did you think i mean it it terrified you for a reason what Mm -hmm. was that reason but also why is it not sucking as much as you thought it would
1: so i was teetering on the idea of trying stand-up and I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it because stand-up is by yourself and on an improv team and Sketch there are people there to save you if you're having like a bad moment on stage but I decided, you know what? 2018 was the year that I wanted to do things that scared me. Okay. So I found an open mic that was friendly for newbies like me. Okay. And a lot of people recommended a great mic at the Magnet Theater hosted by Perry Gross. Good. And everyone had really great things to say, so I said, well, might as well do it. So I signed up for an open mic and I said, no turning back.
0: (gasps) And so was it friendly to newbies?
1: It was very friendly to newbies. And and in
0: what way? Was it like, everybody pay attention, let's give you some compliments afterwards? So it's
1: set in a classroom, which is different than your traditional bar open Uh mic, which I Loved, And it's a safe space. The It's pretty much full. Like there's 25 to 30 people in the room okay. and you do three to four minutes and she has it to where you can't do anything offensive. You can't do anything that's going to offend people. So that's it's cool. meant to be where you can kind of go and try something and not feel like you're going to get heckled or, yeah. you know. Crap done and things yeah, like that. Yeah,
0: misogynist comedians talking yeah. about yeah, their, their genitalia. Or and anything.
1: at the time that I started, she was giving feedback, which was helpful oh, cool. to me. So I went up and I asked, you know, what can I work on? And she actually said, for your first time doing stand-up, that was great. I'd love to put you on a show. And I was like, what?
0: <laughs> See, they just put her on show. Yeah. That's
1: they so did. I, I talked about dating in New York because it's very relatable. And it was a hit. Wow. And that's how that started. And I kind of found my voice and... Here I am, so, a little over two years later. Yeah,
0: and so what? What you know, that first time around, what were some of the things that you you kind of noted about dating in New York, and how has that changed over time? I mean, you probably are still, you know, I suppose the topic is still something you're talking about, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, how has your views on dating in New York evolved as the two years have kind of happened?
1: So, the reason I started my main set about dating is because over the years I've gotten. Awful messages from guys on uh, online dating, more specifically, OKCupid. Okay really? Yeah. And I would get these messages and I would screenshot them because people <laughs> wouldn't believe that men actually say these things. Yeah. So for the past five years, I've been saving them on my phone, and people are like, you got to write a show. like It's so ridiculous. You got to do something with it. So when I was looking for inspiration for my first set, I was like, I got to write something and read these messages as part of my set. Oh, that's great. And that's what started, and people hear it, and they're like, are those real? And I show them, like, yep, this is a real message from a real guy. And so that was just the fun in sharing the awful experience, but people relating to be like, oh, I've gotten those messages before. Yeah. And it's just been fun and funny. And I'm still dating in New York, but I think the joy of it is, like, I might be single, but I'm making you laugh oh, good. along the way. so.
0: And so, I mean, it would be so cool if you could then get a multimedia show so that people could also see the tweets up top, you know, on, yeah. you know, on a screen or something so they can be like, holy shit, this is real. And I
1: have a lot. I have at least 10 to 20 screenshots, and I only do two in my main five minutes and I was like, oh, there's more. I just don't have enough time in my five minutes. <laughs> that sounds
0: horrifying, but I'm so glad. Like, I'm laughing, but I'm just like, if I thought about this deeper, it's like, wow, these people have some real fucking issues. Like, Who they... who thought this would be successful instead of Keisha, Keisha Peart putting, putting this on stage for laughs?
1: Right, and I get the messages and I wonder, how many people are responding positively yeah. to this message? But you know what I've learned? I think guys copy and paste kind of the same message yeah. and do like a mass... And see, like, who bites. And after that message, I, like, told him off. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? And friends are like, why do you even waste their time? I was like, because people need to say something. Because yeah. they're going to keep doing it and getting away with bad behavior.
0: But you would think if you'd copy and paste your message for tons of women, you would kind of scrub it down so it's not as horrifying.
1: Yeah. Because these but... are, like,
0: comical things. Like, like what you know, what are the types of things that they're saying? I don't want to step on any jokes. But um... just, are, they, are they just being a little bit too forward, like, oh, girl, I want to do X, Y, and Z?
1: One of them, the main messenger talked about, so he was like, oh, I have this date idea I want to take you on. I was like, okay. And it started out great. It was like, you know, (laughs) I want to take you to the movie, like a normal date idea. And I was like, all right. And then 180, he's like, sexually. I want to, you know, I don't know if we're allowed to say vulgar do. things. He's like, sexually, I want to eat you out and yeah. eat your ass, yes. and like instead of walking up three flights of t- stairs, you can pee in my mouth. It was like, whole, <laughs> and I'm just like, is this real?
0: What do the stairs have to do with anything? Yeah. I Yeah, and then
1: he turns and he's like, emotionally, I'll give you advice, and I'm like, what?
0: That's not emotional. It's wow. not.
1: It was wild.
0: That and is s- so cool. So now
1: I'm making people laugh, and it's been fun. So,
0: and I, and I guess is there um, even if. You, I don't get in a committed, committed, exclusive relationship, Mm -hmm. you probably still have an incentive to stay on these sites just for the material. Just for
1: the material, yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, I am dating right now. No one in particular I'm, like, dating kind of around. But I think uh, when I do get into that relationship, I'm still going to do the set because it's still funny. Um, But I don't want to date with the purpose of getting material because I do – have guys on messages who they, it says I do stand up, and some of them are like, "Oh, are you only dating for material?" And I'm not, but sometimes material comes out of the interactions. Yeah. Um. So I'd have to find a balance because I don't want to date purposely to find material, but sometimes the interactions you have, it's just too good to not put into a set. So. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think the middle step is listing and see what you know hilarious messages you get. I mean, I don't recommend actually going out with any.
1: Yeah, people. yeah, yeah. But just conversing
0: to see. But yeah, yeah. So
1: it's been a fun journey, and here I am, still talking about dating. And,
0: <laughs> and it's a long way from your earlier life where you were a, just a band fucking geek. I was I such love a band it. geek. Explain band geeks or band nerds. Like I've dated a couple of them. They have such an insular, you know, a little community, like an incestuous community where they all date each other, and I just love it because they're just big dorks.
1: Yeah. So I started as an instrumentalist in middle school. Okay. Um, so I was in band. I did chorus a little bit, but band was kind of my thing. And I did not pick my instrument. Why? My band director was like, <clears throat> excuse me, my band director was like, we need trombone players. And I was like, okay. And that you was the buy, instrument. You had to buy one then? That They're was expensive. the instrument I was stuck with was the trombone. Did you have to buy one? I did. They're expensive. You, you have to buy an instrument.
0: But like the clarinet people get off with a couple hundred bucks. Like the sax is like thousands and trombone. I, I would imagine somewhere in the middle.
1: I don't remember. Because I mean, I had like a starter trombone. So I don't okay. think it was like, it wasn't like a high end uh, yeah. a trigger trombone or anything. Okay. But he was like, we need trombone players. And that, end of story, I didn't even have an option. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm playing the trombone. Oh. So I played in middle school and then I got to high school and I did marching band because I grew up in Orlando, Florida, oh. even though I was born in New York. So in New York, I was like, I'd never heard of marching band. What is this? It's a whole foreign thing.
0: That's a little bit difficult, like it's- marching while you're doing it.
1: Oh, it is. It's probably a
0: little bit less dorky, because you guys have a reason to be passionate, because it actually, it's actually very skillful.
1: It is very skillful, and when they first teach you how to march, and then you put together with the instrument, and then you have to do both, you're just like, <laughs> it's like four, and you're like, what is this? <laughs> and then you kind of get the hang of it, and you're like, okay. Yeah, the rhythm to-
0: would be off, right? I mean, <laughs> you're, you're keeping the time in your head. If you're just sitting there in a band concert, you're keeping the time, and right. you're t- tapping your feet, but here, your feet might move at a different speed than your rhythm is.
1: Yeah, so they teach you how to march, and there's the basics of like time step, and you learn the different... ways. Ways. And then once we learn that, then we pick up our instruments and then they teach you how to march without playing. So you uh, get used to holding the instrument. Then you add in the a- other aspect of like, all right, now we're going to play music and do it together. Because in in, mar- in band camp, which is like two weeks before school starts, it's where you learn your show for the year all your music, what the choreography is, and everything. In two weeks. Uh, yeah, in two weeks. Gosh. It's all day. It's like an eight to five kind of thing, all day for two weeks. Right. And then at the end of uh band camp, they invite all the parents out, and they get to watch what we've learned. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it's fun, and they even do a bit where you get to have your parent come on, and you teach them how to hold your instrument, <laughs> and they you get to show them how to march a little bit, so they and can kind of see so what we're dorky
0: doing. So and how hard it is.
1: Yeah, so. but. That was my thing. So I hated the trombone for a long time because it wasn't my choice. I didn't really care for it. But then in high school, I was in band. I had a lot of friends. That was my scene. Then I was in the bottom concert band, which is like the low of the low. Then my sophomore year, I made the concert band, which is like for upperclassmen, which is the low of the low. (sighs) But in my sophomore year, I don't know, something turned around and I really found a new love for this instrument and I decided like I'm gonna freaking make the wind ensemble which is the top concert band.
0: The ambition kicked in she's like I actually love the trombone and
1: I had a really great band director who was awesome he was like a father figure to us like I love him he was very instrumental in my life And I instrumental in your life instrumental nice pun there (laughs) and I practiced my butt off and I went from the bottom concert band to the top wind ensemble and I beat out a bunch of these guys and I was like in your face and I know they were <laughs>
0: and was that kind of, were they the picture in your head of people that you wanted to beat and that's why you worked so hard? You're like, uh, I mean, I really want to make this, but the side benefit is I'm going to see the look on their face.
1: Yeah, I think because there were a few guys who I for sure thought were going to beat me out because they were like, they were in it before I was like from freshman year, they were like in it. They were in the top, you know, underclassman band. But I was like, you know what? I'm determined to do this, and I wanted to see it for myself. So I practiced all my scales. I practiced everything. And then to see that I beat out a bunch <sighs> of the guys, and then they were stuck in the symphonic band was like, a satisfying ah, feeling. symphonic
0: band. So those yeah, you have losers. concert band, which
1: is like the bottom, and then symphonic band is like the next level. And then wind Ensemble is like the best of the best players.
0: Yes, yes it is. And, and Keisha Peart is there. I was those there. those chumps are in symphonic.
1: Yeah, and there was only, I mean, in each section, I think there was only four, four or five, so... In the wind ensemble, I had beat out. I mean, I wasn't first chair my, my junior year, but I made it in, and I was maybe like third or fourth chair. And I went to a large high school. We were a 450-piece marching band. Oh, my so Lord. We were a large, very large high school.
0: And so, I mean, what, I suppose in such a large high school, was it nice to have a community like the band to kind of interact with, with friends and boyfriends, et cetera, oh, or significant others?
1: Yeah. I mean, I didn't have a significant other in high school because I was very awkward. <laughs> like, ah. was not part of that life. But, Do you think
0: most of the band people are awkward?
1: Oh, all yes. Band kids are awkward. And all the band kids date each other. And it's, yeah. there's actually, um, I have friends who all met in band and they're all married with kids. So, like, it did, there were people who found their people and now are still together. So, I think that's wow. really cool. I have that's a, why you're
0: dating in New York City. That's why you I'm didn't dating. stick with the band people. I didn't
1: stick with the band people. You could
0: have just married in Florida or whatever.
1: I could have, but I'm glad I'm not in Florida because. There's nothing to do there anymore. Yeah,
0: I guess you're from New York anyway.
1: I was born, yeah. I moved when I was seven. Okay. So I grew spent most of my time in Florida, but... Do you still
0: have jokes about Florida?
1: I do. I do a bit in my newer set about uh, growing up being the token black person in Orlando, Florida. <laughs> Is that was that, a lot is of it my, my that white life. White bread down there, basically, yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> or surprise, there might be some white Latino down there.
1: There, I mean, it's getting more diverse now. But I mean, we grew up in a suburban white neighborhood, yeah. so we were one of maybe four black families. <laughs> so pretty much, I was one of the few black kids in class. If I was the only, and yeah. then in band, I was there was only seven or eight girl trombone players, and yeah. I think there were two black girl trombone players, at least when I started. And I think as as the years went on, we had more people come in. But
0: So you're like a trombone trailblazer.
1: Trombone trailblazer, yeah. <laughs> but I fell in love with it, and I wanted to study music because I seeing that community and seeing my band director and how he made such an impact on us, I loved music. I mean, I was my senior year, I was in wind ensemble, top jazz band, orchestra. We started in orchestra, so I learned how to play the viola. I was terrible, but I was in it. <laughs> And I listened, my music was like classical. I listened to jazz all day. I was in it to win it. And I went to one semester of music theory. And I was like, this is really hard. And it was kind of over my head. And so I was kind of on the fence of like, do I really want to do this? Am I dedicated enough? Because I wasn't practicing like I should be.
0: You're going to get lapped and put in symphonic. Yeah.
1: And I was on scholarship in college for music as well. So I was, I was really in it. And I was on trombone. For trombone. I was first chair. I beat out some people it was pretty great. I it's,
0: think they picked Trombone just knowing that you would just go to music. I mean, you go to a music scholarship, yeah.
1: Yeah, so it was And so bl- do you I
0: mean, do you put any of this kind of dedication that got you all the way to the wind ensemble do you do you put that into stand-up comedy that now that you found it or do you put it into acting or
1: I would say I'm putting it more into acting because the big goal is I'd love to be a working actor. Big goal is series regular on an ensemble TV show. Uh, but I started comedy because, A, something that terrified me, but I started watching more sitcoms, and I started noticing, oh, wow, they're casting a lot of comedians in these roles. And I thought, maybe that's a different route in, or it's still a helpful skill to have because if you can do stand-up, not everyone can do it well. But if you can do it well, I think it's a very helpful skill to have, especially if you do a lot of comedy. So that was kind of my driving force of starting stand-up, and then it's just been fun. But I don't go to as many open mics as I should. Okay.
0: You're going to get lapped. You're going to be put in symphonic band.
1: I know, I know. Because really, if you want to pursue stand-up comedy, you need to be going to those open mics like six, seven nights a week. And I waitress a couple nights a week, so that already takes out a few nights that I could go. And I was like, I want to be an actor more than a comedian.
0: So you're also auditioning and things like that. Yeah, auditioning
1: and things like that. But I'm still doing more of it now, so I'm kind of just seeing... I'm leaving the door open to where stand-up can take me. Okay. So, and then
0: you can find the hilarity online. You can find her show days where they just put her on shows.
1: You guys are going to put me on a show. It's going to be great. Put her on a
0: show. She can act. She can play the trombone.
1: I will play the trombone on a show if you like. <laughs> I do have my trombone here in Florida, actually, or Florida, you <laughs> got, New York. You got to
0: bring it out. That is hilarious. <sighs> And then um, you're at Keisha Peart at Across All Social Platforms?
1: Yes, Keisha Peart on all platforms.
0: Okay, and just just stay tuned because it's. I'm really waiting for the opportunity to see you do trombone while acting and being funny. There, there has to be a way to do that, right?
1: <laughs> there has to be a way. I did a one-act play a couple years ago where uh, they asked, any special skills you have, and I said, I play the trombone. And nobody usually takes that up. Yeah, nobody and can. a playwright wrote a play for me in the play where I play trombone. <sighs> so in the play, at the very end, they had me, pull out my trombone and play Mary Had a Little Lamb, and the audience was dying. Ah. It was hilarious. And I was like, yeah, somebody finally used that skill in my acting.
0: I love that so much. Former band geek, current comedian, musician, and actress. Yes. Keisha Pierre, thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much for having me.